0: beautiful singing this morning. And on this Lord's Day, we are very, very thankful and honored to be able to welcome you to our services today. We're glad that you're here. Uh, We especially are are mindful of those who are our guests today. We want to thank you for being here. We truly mean it from the bottom of my heart. We're sincere about it when we express our thankfulness to you for being here and uh, I hope that uh, you're treated in such a way today that you'll want to come back and worship with us any time that you have an opportunity. I hope you'll come back tonight at 5 o'clock and uh, be with us at that particular time. Uh, we would certainly uh, love to have you then as well. I'm not going to worry about the power, PowerPoint, I guess, today. Well, there we go. How about that? It's working now. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Of course, today we're going to be talking about the subject of giving. And I realize today that that subject is somewhat of a difficult subject to deal with because it has so much to do with our attitudes. I think about a Sunday school teacher of 10 year olds who was finishing up a lesson on honesty. And she said to her students, do you know where children go if they don't put their money in the collection plate? Yes, ma'am, one boy blurted out, they go to the movies. <laughs> I think about uh, Corey Tin Boom, the survivor of the Holocaust, and the author of that uh, great book, The Hiding Place, where she talks about her time spent in a concentration camp. Cory Boom said, I've held many things in my hands and I have lost them all. But what I have placed in God's hands that I still possess. You know, when we think about this subject of stewardship, we recognize the fact that we need to be good stewards of our time, We need to be good stewards of our talent, our money. We have to be good stewards of our physical bodies that God has blessed us with. Paul reminds us of the fact that, you know, you're not your own. You're bought with a price and therefore glorify God with your body and with your spirit, which are God's. And yet we also have to be faithful stewards regarding the money that we have. I think all of us would agree today that attitude is extremely important in anything we do in life. You think about the attitude you have regarding your job or students today, young people, think about your attitude toward your school work. It makes all the difference in the world how successful you are as far as your grades go. Depending on your attitude. Or what about your attitude toward your family or toward athletics? You see, attitudes determine to a great degree whether or not we're going to be successful. And whenever it comes to our giving to God, attitude is everything. I want us to understand very clearly this morning, this may be difficult for us, God does not need a single thing that any of us own. In fact, God owns everything to begin with. You think about the things that you own today. I own this house i own this car these are my possessions 75 years from now 100 years from now those possessions will no longer be yours they'll belong to somebody else You see, everything around us belongs to God. Over in Psalms chapter 50, beginning in verse 10, God said, For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills, and all that moves in the field is mine. In Psalms chapter 24 and verse 1, the Bible says, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. Now folks, if we ever somehow begin to think that our giving is a way that we're going to help God out, then we've got it all wrong. It may be hard for us to realize sometimes, but, you know, God can get along just fine without my money and he can get along without your money. Everything belongs to God and if God chose to, he could turn every stone end gold, But our attitude needs to be that our giving is something that gives us the honor, the privilege of being involved in the Lord's work. It's a way that we show and demonstrate our love for God. And so giving has to come to be viewed by us as that which is a joy, that which is a privilege. That's the attitude we need to possess. And so today, for the next few minutes, I want us to look at some ways that that we can go about trying to have the right kind of an attitude. And then I want us to talk about some things that perhaps can change a wrong attitude, if that need to be the case as well. First of all, this morning... If I were to ask for a show of hands, and I'm not doing that this morning, how many of you could say today that when that contribution plate passed by just a few minutes ago, and you put your contribution into that plate, how many of you made the statement in your mind, I am giving honor to the god of heaven it may be that we felt like we gave because we had to kind of like you feel like you've got to be nice to your mother-in-law sometime or maybe we felt like we had to give something because you know that's just what christians do you know every sunday we've we've got to give something but what if somehow we could begin to cultivate? The attitude that I'm giving this today because I want to honor the God of heaven. Now that word honor means to worship. That word honor means to esteem. It means to show respect. It means to confer dignity upon. And that's basically what we are doing when we give to God. I want you to notice Proverbs chapter 3 with me, verses 9 and 10. And there the Bible says, Honor, honor the Lord with your wealth. And with the first fruits of all your produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. We are to honor the Lord with the First fruits of our wealth. Not with what's left over. It says, honor the Lord with the first fruits of all your wealth. Not just part of it. And so when we have the attitude about our material possessions, that we're sharing them with God in a way that honors Him, to me that changes our whole outlook our whole attitude about our giving. We need to come to understand that when we give to God, sometimes people will say in the prayer for the Lord's Supper as we partake of it and then we give, well, we're now going to contribute to the work here at Delrayta. Well, that may be true to a certain degree. Or if you want to give to the church at this time, you'll have the opportunity. Well, that may be True, technically, to a certain degree, but when we give on the Lord's Day, we're giving to God. And our giving on the Lord's Day is a way that we can give honor to the God of heaven, our creator. You see, it's not what you would do with a million dollars if riches would be your lot. Instead, it's what you're doing at present with the dollar you 've got now folks, this is one area where the very poorest person can do just as much in the eyes of God as the wealthiest person. You may be an individual, maybe you're a college student or a teenager, maybe you're making thirty five or forty dollars a week and Maybe you're only able to give $5 a week. But you can honor God just as much as that individual that gives $1,000 a week in the eyes of God. If that's within your means and if that's a part of your honest stewardship before God. Giving is a way that we honor the God of heaven. I think another key attitude in our giving to God is the fact that, are y'all seeing this keep flashing up there? If it keeps doing that, let's just stop it, because I'm, huh? So let's just, you know, anyhow, I keep seeing flashes going before me. Uh, another way, uh, a key attitude in our giving to God needs to be that we begin to think about our giving not only as honoring God, but it's a Grace. It is an undeserved privilege. Now, notice 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 7. And there there the Bible says, See that you abound in this act of grace also. Now, we need to realize today that this word grace here refers to the giving of our material possessions. And Paul said that giving is a grace. Now, how could we ever possibly say in any logical way that our giving to God should be thought of as a grace? You know, what does that word grace mean anyway? How do we, how do we normally define the word grace? Well, is it not unmerited favor? Is it not something that we don't deserve and yet we get it anyway? Now, is it somehow possible that we could think about giving to God as a grace in that we don't even deserve the right to be able to do it? God's given us everything that we own. God owns all of our possessions. He's given us the ability to to go out and to earn money and all of our money and all of our material possessions. We have those things today only because of the grace of God. Should we then not consider it a grand privilege to be able to give our money to God? Now, one could give to God and then just go about bragging about the amount he gives. Or one might grumble and one might complain and resent the fact that he's having even to to give to God to start with. What if you love God like your grandchildren, grandparents? I don't know what that's like yet. I'm looking forward to it from what I hear. What if you love God like you loved your grandchildren? It really wouldn't be that much of a problem then, would it? And so we need to realize that our giving our money to God is a grace. God does not need a single penny that we have, but somehow we've got to come to realize that we need to give. That's going to ensure that our attitude and our love for God is that which it needs to be folks God is so big his church is so important God has allowed us to have a part in carrying out his work now usually when we give a gift we don't give that gift because we have to normally we give something to somebody because we want to think about it this way If Jesus Christ has all power, if God is almighty today, if God had chosen to do it this way, and if it had been a part of his will, God could cause every creature under heaven to hear the gospel instantaneously, miraculously, Sometimes I wonder, you know, why didn't God do it that way? But the Bible says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. You see, God has given you and me the privilege, the honor of being able to carry out his will. And from the standpoint that he's chosen to let us have a part in sharing the good news, that's why we ought to view our giving to God As a grace. I don't deserve the right to do it. But God, by his marvelous grace, has allowed me as a weak, frail human being to have a part in his work. Now, folks, if we could just think about this every Lord's Day. When that contribution plate comes around and we put our money into that plate we need to think you know I don't even deserve the right to give I don't even deserve the privilege of being able to give to God but I'm thankful that God is allowing me to have a part in his work that attitude would allow us to never be grudging or resentful toward the giving of our money to the Lord. You see, every command of God, including the command to give, has been given for our own good. But you know, another attitude that we have to possess in regard to our giving is an attitude of joy. Over in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, we... Read the amazing account of those Macedonians and I want you to notice what the Bible says about these folks. The Bible says, for in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Now this account, when I read it, just astounds me. I don't understand how people could be abundantly afflicted. How people, not just in poverty, but the Bible says they're in deep poverty. And yet these folks are still joyful about being able to give to God. In spite of their poverty, they're pleading with Paul, begging Paul to be able to give God to God. I think about a man that took his wife to the drugstore every single year on her birthday. They went down to the card aisle and he would always pick out a card for her and he read it to her there on the aisle and then put it back. (laughs) Glad to be able to save that money. You know, is that really expressing an attitude of joy we need to be joyful about being able to give I think about little children who from time to time make things for their parents and they just can't wait to give it to them I I still and I would say I fondly recall in elementary school being provided each student at school this potted concrete plant probably weighed 200 pounds you could use it for a boat anchor and on each side four sides was a cluster of grapes and we had to to paint that and give it to our parents i forgot what event it was maybe it was for mother's day now if you know me if i write something down i don't even know what it says in two weeks my stick figures even aren't good and so i'm not an artist but I did try to do my best in painting that and finally it was all done and compared to everybody else's it was really a mess. The only way you could tell they were grapes is because of the shape of the thing and the formation in the concrete. Well I proudly gave that to my parents. I worked hard on that and they put it out on the back porch on the concrete and I was glad it finally grew moss around it and kind of got covered up a little bit. It looked a little bit better that way. I was thankful finally when the lawnmower hit it and bursted a million pieces. I know one day, a thousand years from now, two thousand years from now, if archaeologists dig it up, they're going to think how pathetic those people were, you know, back in that particular day. But you know, it, it's a joy. Children get a joy. Out of giving things to their parents. It's a joy for them. They make something at school and they're so happy to be able to give that to their parents. And when we love people, isn't it true that we enjoy being able to give them things? You know, think about the people back in Nehemiah's day and the attitude they possessed in chapter 12 and verse 43. The Bible says, and they offered great sacrifices that day and rejoiced. The women and children also rejoiced. And the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. We need to have an attitude of joy about our giving to God. And what about this attitude in regard to our giving to God? We need to view our giving to God as a way of demonstrating our love for the Lord. In fact, this is one way that we can truthfully sing that song, oh how I love Jesus, and really mean it. Now if you turn to 2 Corinthians, there are two verses there, in that particular chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 8 and 24, both of those verses say that by our giving, we prove our love for the Lord. Now, I know I fall short in many ways. I've got mistakes that, and make mistakes that you folks, Uh, don't even know about those mistakes. I've got lots of faults, lots of shortcomings. But there's one thing that I've always been taught from the time I was a child. And one thing I've always tried to do, and that is to think about the fact that when I give my money each Lord's Day, and I put my money into the collection plate, This is one way that I am demonstrating my love for the Lord. And we need to realize that when we give our money to the Lord each Lord's Day and and that collection plate comes around and I put my money into that collection plate, I'm saying right then, Lord, here's how much I love you. Here's how much I sincerely care about your work. By what you give, you prove the sincerity of your love for the Lord. Now, it's true, folks, that we have to give more than our money to love the Lord. But we cannot love the Lord unless we do give of our money. And when we give, we're showing the proof of our love for God. You think about being able to give something to your children or your grandchildren. Or you think about being able to to save up your money and buy something for your husband or your wife. Maybe a very special gift. And you give that gift to that loved one as a way of saying, here's how much I love you. That's what the Bible says that giving is all about. If we have the attitude that, that when we give each Lord's Day, we're showing our love for the Lord, then we'll never say, well, you know, I sure, I sure could use this somewhere else this week. I've got this bill due. I've got this payment coming up. But maybe we can fork out something to God. I think about David's attitude toward giving over in First Chronicles 29 and verse 3. He said, moreover, in addition to what I have provided for the holy house, I have a treasure of mine own gold and silver. And because of my devotion to the house of my God, I give it to the house of my God. We've made a couple announcements about infants and children being in the hospital. Suppose you found out that maybe your child was sick or your husband or wife was sick. What would you do? Well, I believe you would sell your house. You would sell every possession that you own. You would spend every last nickel that you had if it would help save the life of that loved one you see you can give without loving but you cannot love without giving you know if our young people here today and I think if our young couples today would try to just think about this attitude you need to have towards your giving Folks, it would bless your life for as long as you live. Stop and think about what Jesus has given you. He gave his head to the crown of thorns, he gave his back to the cruel lash, he gave his cheeks to those who smote him, he gave his face to rude, dirty human spittle, he gave his shoulders to be draped with the robe of mock human royalty. He gave his clothes to his murderers. He gave his mother to the beloved Apostle John. He gave his hands and his feet to be transfixed with nails to the accursed tree. He gave his body for the life of the world. He gave his spirit to God. He gave himself for he gave everything just for me. You see, as long as we can have a good attitude about sharing our material possessions in the Lord's work, loving God, expressing that by what we give to him, that is going to ensure that we have a proper relationship with the God of heaven. And then consider this quickly this morning. We, we need to think about our giving in this way. It is an investment in heaven. Now, we're concerned about our investments on this earth, aren't we? We're aware when the stock market goes up and when it goes down like it has this week. You know, we're concerned about that. And yet the Lord said in Matthew 6 and verse 19, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon this earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now here our Lord emphasizes the fact that we need to be laying up treasure in heaven and not on this earth. And so today, what would it mean to us if we could begin to think about our giving as a way of laying up treasure in heaven? I think about a wealthy individual one time who who gave a large sum of money to build a church building. And not long after that, this man's business went belly up. He lost practically everything that he owned. And somebody asked him, don't you wish that that you hadn't given all that money to the Lord's work? The man said, no, I, I wish I had given much, much more. Because you see, that's the only money I did not lose. And will never lose. See, what we do for the Lord is not a lost cause in any way whatsoever. You know, if you happen to have a a lot of stock in some company, aren't you going to be concerned about that company? You're going to be concerned about the direction that company's going. And if you give your money to God and to his cause, you're going to be more concerned about going to heaven. And I think one thing that can really help us to stay focused on heaven, perhaps just as much as anything else, not that the Lord needs our money, but to give of our material possessions to the cause of Christ. You see, when you give your money, it takes your time. It takes your talent. It takes your influence. It takes your sweat. When you give your money to God, you are giving of yourself. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now, we love our children. I believe we do. And we're, we're trying to raise our children right. The way that they should go. And, and maybe we do get our children ultimately raised right. But what about their children? And what about their children? What about them? I believe one thing that can help our children go to heaven and their children go to heaven is to begin to teach those children from a very young age to give to God. If those children grow up and they see in us parents who are concerned about the Lord's church and the Lord's work in regard to their giving, and they even learn to deny themselves of some things in order to put God first in their giving, that certainly is going to pave the way for them to serve God more faithfully in the future. Someone asked an individual one time why he gave so much money to the Lord's work and was so happy with it. He said, well, I can't take it with me when I die, but I can send it on ahead. It might be a profitable adventure for some of us to to go on a hunting expedition of our heart. If we find it sitting by a pot of gold or locked up in a bank box or maybe perched behind a merchandise counter or attired on its way to the next appointed round of pleasure... We may expect our heart to perish with those things. But if we find ourselves in church for every service or in the house of the fatherless and the widows or making an adjustment to our cost of living to feed the hungry or to preach the gospel to the lost, God will take evidence that our heart and our treasure is in heaven. Think about a champion high jumper one time who was asked how he was so successful and his answer went like this he said i just throw my heart over the bar and the rest of my body just follows you see the key is the heart and when we give our heart to god and we throw our heart if you please over the bar The rest of it is going to follow. Our giving is an investment in heaven. And then lastly, God has promised to richly bless us in our giving. Think about the challenge of Malachi 3 and verse 10. Bring the full tithe in the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. Put me to the test and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour you out a blessing until there is no more need. Luke six thirty eight: give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over shall men give into your bosom. We need to understand God is not trying to drain us. God's not trying to make us poor when he asks us to give. Instead, he's making us rich. The wells of God are so deep. It's the baskets that we bring to him that are so small. I think about a man who was asked one time, why he was so generous in his giving. He said, well, you know, I just shovel it out to God. He shovels it right back. But you know, God's got a lot bigger shovel than I do. You see, folks, attitude is the key to everything we do in life. It's the key to successful Christian living. And I hope today that you'll think about your attitude, especially toward material possessions. Maybe you need to think about this morning as we sing this song of encouragement about your salvation. What's your attitude toward your relationship with God? As a Christian, are there things you need to change? Are there things you need to correct and do better? Maybe you're not a child of God today. Maybe you need to have the attitude of becoming like a little child so that you might enter the kingdom of heaven. Believe in the Lord Jesus with all of your heart. Repent of your sins. Today, be baptized into Christ based upon your confession of faith in him. You can be forgiven of every sin you've ever committed. This morning, the invitation is yours. If you're subject to it, we ask that you come now while we stand and sing.